is your life, and it's ending one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Ideas are brittle. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. Chad Howes is an expert in male transformation on every level, offering his own experience-based advice on everything from building muscle mass and burning fat to becoming an alpha male and learning how to attract and communicate with women. He's also famous for the man diet and teaching men how to increase their testosterone and reclaim their manliness. The purpose of his site, chadhousefitness.com, is to draw out the warrior and quell the warrior. In this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show podcast, Chad and I discuss the optimal diet for men to achieve the bodies and energy of their dreams, as well as the challenges that many men face while training for years and still not getting results. We also discuss some of his top strategies and techniques for hacking testosterone and how to tap into your primal leadership capabilities. So without further ado, please sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Chad How's? Hey everyone, I know you'll enjoy the interview. If you'd like to learn more of my top biohacking secrets, get a free copy of my best-selling book called The Biohacker's Guide to Upgraded Energy and Focus for free at biohackersguide.com. It's over 500 pages of my top biohacks and I'll send it to you for free if you cover a small shipping cost. Get your free copy at biohackersguide.com. What's going on, guys? I'm here with Chad Howes, world-class expert in testosterone optimization and the art of bringing back manliness, founder of Chad House Fitness. Chad, welcome to the show. Thanks, Thanks a lot, lot, man. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> Pleasure is all mine. Um, if you can start out, kind of, you, you were just talking offline about your journey and some of the frustrations you had early on with your own health and, and fitness. Um, can you take us through what, what got you into this space and, and the journey that you uh, took yourself. Yeah. So, um, my whole life I've been in sports, uh, done training through that, but I, I never got the results I really wanted. I actually started boxing, uh, after, uh, I got an injury in, in basketball. So I boxed for a few years. Um, that led to, uh, a really good job actually, um, in Vancouver where I was training high level athletes, pro football players and that kind of thing. But I was learning under someone else that really helped out a good mentor. And that really got me started down the path of, uh, of the training stuff. But then, um, through those different avenues, I started looking into, to different reasons why I felt tired, why I felt, uh, like I wasn't getting the results I wanted to get as far as the training was going on. And, and I started looking into, to testosterone, got myself tested, and levels were a little bit low, which was a blow to the uh, the pride. And then, and then I started just doing research and researched how testosterone is created um, in our body, uh, what fuels it, and just as importantly, what lowers our testosterone levels as men. So, now that's how, how old were you at this time when when you were having some of these frustrations? I was young. Uh, still am young, I guess. I was 24, 23, 24. So you had low test levels in your mid-20s? Lower than optimal. So you look at the different age ranges. Um, I had I wanted optimal testosterone levels, as is every guy, right? And and some of it's genetics. But uh, I was doing – what I found out, I was, I was doing things that were 
preventing me from having the higher end uh, testosterone levels. So if you go to your doctor, you get tested, which is what I think everyone should do. He'll go through the different levels that you should have for your age. And some of that's, depending on your age, some of that's good, some of that's bullshit. Like if they say that you're 35 or 40 and you should be in, a, they'll say a lower end range, I think that's nonsense. You could still get to that higher end range. Uh, but if you're a younger guy, you should definitely be in the higher end range. And, and if you're not, there's some things that you could do to turn things around. And they're very simple. They're not go buy a bunch of supplements and not go get injections, which is what my doctor suggested. And um, this is, this is as, as a young man in his 20s, your doctor was suggesting exogenous hormones, hormone well, replacement said, therapy. Yeah, they say, all doctors, if, you, if you've got, they'll, they'll pose that uh, option. It's a half a money thing, half a doctor's. I've, I've talked to some doctors. I had a doctor that reviewed the Mandat recently. And so he's studying the effects of vitamin D on testosterone and more specifically free testosterone. So he's just like, oh, man, like we get paid to, to give testosterone injections. It's, a, it's a, for a, a source of income, obviously. And the medical community, not all of it, but the ones who aren't focusing on men and, and just kind of write, it, write testosterone off as an age thing, um, they're going to just let's get a quick fix, you know, like, like doctors uh, that prescribe antibiotics for every little sniffle or whatever. Quick fixes, it seems to be the, the route that they go, or a lot of doctors go, not all doctors. Obviously, they're great doctors that'll tell you to turn your life around with health and, and all that other stuff. It, it, that's definitely the longer road, but it, it also has less repercussions. And we'll talk about some of those. What were some of the symptoms that you were experiencing and what, are, and what are some of the symptoms of low testosterone for our listeners? Low testosterone can result in an increased likelihood of depression. So if you're feeling down, uh, I'm not saying that like testosterone is going to be, low testosterone would be the cause of your depression. Obviously, there's probably still more things going on. But if you're lethargic, if you're holding on to a lot of body fat, first of all, if you're overweight, you're carrying a lot of body fat, light, uh, you're, you're pretty much going to experience low testosterone simply because body fat is estrogenic and your testosterone levels or estrogen opposes testosterone. So you can't have one thriving and the other thriving as well. One goes up, one goes down kind of thing. So if you're overweight, you got to get that under control. And it's not a simple pill or anything that you can take to, to combat that. But depression is another one, being lethargic. The sex, sex drive and that kind of thing is obviously another one because testosterone is the sex hormone, the male sex hormone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And when I was really sick, I had my testosterone tested, and this was in the height of what I now refer to as chronic Lyme disease. And whether it was actually that or not is is still up for debate. But um, and, and my levels were around 170 nanograms per deciliter, which is like uh-huh. like 70 year old man. Yeah. Levels. And uh, so it was, it was pretty bad. I mean, motivation in the toilet, sex drive. Yeah. Not, I mean, I went, I went from being a guy that, you know, always enjoyed, enjoyed girls and women, pretty high sex yeah. drive, to there was a year of my life where it was like nothing. <laughs> and, um, and then I got that test back, and it was, uh, it was, it was really eye-opening. So I was, I was in bad shape. Do you remember where your levels were at when you got your test results? Jeez, they weren't horrible. They were in the 400 range. Okay. But they, that's not obviously not good. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it's not like freak out mode, but 
it, it's not near what you want to be at 24. Sure, sure. What's considered optimal for, say, you know, someone 20 to 40 or uh, someone 40 to 60? Those two categories, what would you say in terms of nanograms per, per deciliter? Around the 1,000 mark. Does genetics also play a role? Your optimal level might be different from someone else's, but you, uh, like I think the 11, uh, what is it, 1194 or something is the de-optimal mark, but if you're around the 1,000 mark, you're, you're doing well. Yeah. To, to put things in context too, you know, genetics play, play a role, but with, with all these things, and, and we're going to go into some of your key recommendations uh, for optimizing testosterone, but epigenetics, uh, lifestyle, plays such, mm-hmm. a, such a big part. Oh. You know, I, I mentioned when I was when I was at my worst, you know, 100, 170, maybe even been worse. That was what it was at when I got tested. But my old man who's in his 60s, he's got Parkinson's, you know, so this mm-hmm. is the guy that I got my genes from. He had his yeah. testosterone checked recently and he was like just under 500. Holy crap. You know, so yeah. it, it, it wasn't it wasn't bad genes that was driving me down there. It was it was a lifestyle situation and, and an illness. Um, so if someone wants to get some tests to check their their hormone levels um where where do you recommend people start out just go to your doctor yeah like you can there's ways in your life like if you're getting a boner every morning that's a good good sign because you get a a surge in testosterone from i think four to six a.m so when you wake up the soldier should be standing at attention ideally like almost every day that's a good sign, but if you want to know what your testosterone levels are, just go to your doctor, ask for a, a test. I think most doctors do it. It's just not a it's not an uncommon thing to ask for. Yeah, and get a, get it as a part of a physical or something. And, and some people too like there there are folks who like doing some of this stuff on their own. The Life Extension Foundation. I don't know if there if, if this is holds true in Canada and other parts of the world, but at least in the U.S. Life Extension Foundation has some some pretty good tests that you can order and then take the uh, take it to a um, like direct labs or, or a laboratory in your area and just have them draw the blood and send it in and you can get your numbers and and at least have a data point um, yeah. where if you are low and then it makes sense and it's warranted to, to go see your doctor you can do mm-hmm. so and, and one of the ones that that I get and recommend for that is uh, the, the male elite uh, blood panel. So let's say someone does have low testosterone. Your your test was low. What what did you find to be some of the most effective strategies for getting that back online and, and back up to optimal? Um, well, so, so testosterone, testosterone. When you're looking at, at increasing testosterone levels, you got to look at one producing more testosterone and free testosterone. Free testosterone is the most important form of testosterone. That's a form that is, moves around your body, repairs tissue, does what testosterone does. So you want to produce more testosterone. Some of the things you can do, uh, exercise helps you produce more testosterone. Um, things like even fighting and, and heavy lifting will give you a nice boost. Um, testosterone also uh, is created primarily in the testes and when you convert cholesterol into the hormones. So you need a diet with uh, a, a decent amount of dietary fats. So you don't have to go nuts with it. Maybe one or two di- heavy dietary fat meals a day is very good, very healthy. So things like eggs, meat, animal fats, and that kind of thing, that's, that's the producing testosterone. That's important. Just as important is lowering testosterone's enemies. So you've got estrogen, and we've got 
So we'll break estrogen down into two, two different parts. Body fat is very estrogenic. So you want to lower your body fat levels. You want to get as low as possible, but you want to get into, well, within reason. Around that 10% range, 10, 12% range is good if you're testing the right ways. Uh, so lower your body fat levels. That, if you're overweight, if you're in the 20%, 25% range, that's the number one thing you got to do. Forget all the, the, you know, like the gimmicks, the pills, all this nonsense. The number one thing you got to do is lower that body fat level. That's going to make the biggest difference for sure. So healthy diet and exercise. The other part of estrogen is the chemical estrogens. So we've got plastics that we're surrounded by, and we've got things like shampoos and deodorants that are filled with chemical estrogens. If you're carrying your water in a uh, plastic bottle, your food in a plastic container, if you've got, um, I don't know, plastics, just... It, plastics are, are where you're going to run into the most trouble. So you want to remove plastics, opt for metal or, or glass. And then you can, I, I don't do this, but it's, it's a good idea to look for um, naturally made deodorants and shampoos as well. I was, I was going to ask about that. That's one of the areas that I have not bridged the gap because I've had a few less than favorable experiences. Uh, it's, it's hard to find a natural deodorant that that works. That works. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. That's why I don't do it either. Well, there's there's certain things like and another thing with estrogen. Beer increases estrogen quite a bit. Yeah. So if you get drunk on beer, you're gonna find yourself a little like I I find myself a little weird the next day because this boot like surge of estrogen comes in and you start thinking a little weird. I yeah. find myself doing that. But there's things in the, you know, like even in fitness, health and fitness, all this different stuff. There's things you're willing to do and there's things you're not willing to do. I, I've tried probably half a dozen and uh, the, the best one I've found is is Green Tidings. They've got one that's a lavender scent. It's, it's coconut based. When I talk to a guy, when, like normally I get in an interview and talk to guys about testosterone, the avenue always heads down to the little things that you can do, but it should stay on the big things. It should stay on the things that yield the most results. Like having some dietary fats in your diet and dropping your body fat levels and reducing your bad stress and just getting like plastics. Everyone can get rid of plastics, get rid of most of the chemical estrogen in your life. So your testosterone levels can then be free to grow. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what are some of the best dietary sources of fats that like, wh what have you eaten today? Have you, eaten, what are some of the fat sources you've had today? Eggs are awesome. Yeah, if, you, if you've got and, and animal fats, but they've done studies, so they've they've pitted uh, eaters against vegetarians. And again, I don't know if these are healthy eaters, but the eaters had I think it was seventeen percent on average, seventeen percent higher free testosterone than the vegetarians. So the vegetarians, because they were low body fat, they had basically the same overall testosterone levels, but their free testosterone levels on average were lower. Now, if you pitted healthy meat eaters against healthy vegetarians, I think that gap would broaden even more. So eat animals. And, and you're referring to like a, like a selection bias where, you know, the, the people that are eating meat, you don't know if they're eating hot dogs, you don't know if they're no. eating grass-fed beef or, or free-range eggs. Fries are their main vegetables. Like, yeah, fries are their vegetables. Like, and the argument of uh, 
of meat eaters versus vegetarians is it often gets pitted as like, oh, okay, you only eat meat and you only eat vegetables. But no, your diet should consist of a majority of fruits and vegetables. Meat should be in every day that you live. Like you should eat fish and, and, and beef. And, and if you are around someone that hunts or if you hunt, that's even better. You get wild game and that kind of thing. You should have a diversity of, of meats in your diet, but you should have a ton of fruits and vegetables. So if you're if you're making a, making some eggs for breakfast, do you eat eggs by themselves? Do you cook them in anything? Like walk us walk us through your first meal of the day. What every what's everything that's in there? I'll go four eggs, usually, and then I'll put some egg whites in there just to increase the protein. And the protein's a, a great body composition uh, macro. You know, like if you want to keep more lean muscle, less fat, high protein diets, very important. So I increase the protein, and then I'll have a meat source which is bacon, beef, chicken, turkey, whatever, just some kind of meat source. Meat has a couple things. It's healthy for you. It's got the B vitamins, but it also slows the rise of blood sugar. So if you want to have a, a high-energy day, you don't want to spike your blood sugar right away and then come crashing down. You want to slow that rise so your energy levels are consistently elevating. So meat in, for breakfast is very important. So And then I'll have a side of... Um, Berries, assorted berries. So berries with high fiber are supposed to be good for testosterone levels as well. And then some vegetables, coniferous vegetables. So broccoli, all that kind of stuff. That's really good for testosterone levels as well. Okay, That's awesome. awesome. What type of berries are we talking? Raspberries, uh, blueberries, blackberries, strawberries. Like you get a bag at Costco of frozen Assorted berries, whatever. That's just what I use. Yeah, I, I, I do as well. I usually do them. Um, I, I kind of do my berries and things like that where it's I, I try to earn my carbs, even the natural carbs, with physical yeah. activity. And yeah. um and, and the more physically active I am, the more the more carbs I do. Um, yeah. But yeah, I do a lot of the Costco berries as, as well. Yeah. You can get like a, a a dump truck full of organic blueberries for like nine dollars. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. You freeze them and you're good to go. Yeah, you're good to go. Yeah, you know what I'm starting. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna try next month. Is uh, they've got these meal delivery systems or, or companies or whatever. They do, you tell them your macros, calories you want, and they give you your meals. And I worked out the cost. It's it's expensive, but it's not crazy expensive. I was spending that much on my dog like a <laughs> month ago, not on me, but my dog. Um, but I get like simple meals, yeah. Wait, what? Are, then, so there are companies where you can tell them what your macro targets are, and they'll give you meals that hit those. Pre, they've got chefs and everything. Very cool and, and interesting because uh, you know some of the challenges that you've got. You've got food selection, and you've got food. You know, food selection slash food quality, and then you've got food quantity, and it's it's usually you can get one, but it's hard to get both. And it's time. Like I don't eat um, my. Like I like to work a lot, work, and then there's things I like to do, hobbies, like different skills you like to work on, and then uh, read and whatever to to add preparing meals into that. It, it you know like it takes a while. It turns uh, it turns a thirty minute uh, what should be or twenty minutes of eating food into like an hour of eating, making, letting it cool down, this and that, whatever. So uh, I found the the company. It's Icon Meals. Icon Meals. All right. So ICONmeals.com. And I talked to them. They only deliver in the States. So I'm in Canada. Obviously, that didn't work for me. Uh, but I think every town now, every every like decent-sized city has at least one or two. And they're normally geared toward the fitness crowd. 
Uh, very cool. I had been um, when I was finishing up the book. I was I was holed up in holed up in my place, and uh, I found some organic delivery places uh, that I was that I was going to, and that was like a godsend. There was um, yeah, I didn't even know that existed. You mentioned workouts uh, for not just getting the body fat off, but also for boosting testosterone. Uh, aside from fighting, what what are some of the best types of workouts that you recommend for optimizing uh, testosterone? Yeah, so the fighting thing is just like it has to do with, I guess, male evolution and that kind of thing. We get that surge when we're our backs against the wall. It's like a very primal thing. It's not the actual movement of fighting, but it's the 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 state kind of we go into that they think boosts testosterone when you're doing that, which is pretty cool. Um, but as far as workouts that boost testosterone, there's so much correlation. You're gonna get surges from doing um, like deadlifts, squats some heavy lower body uh, compound lifts, Olympic lifts, that kind of thing, you're going to get surges. But what you want is uh, a consistent boost, right? So you want to focus on strength training and and lower the body fat. You know, you want to keep as much muscle as possible because it's anabolic and you want to lower your body fat as much as possible. So good strength training program uh, and add some sprints or some high-intensity cardio in there. And is there a correlation between like activation of, of type 2B muscle fibers from like really heavy deads and squats and tests, or is it just the movement itself? Yeah, that if you're doing something that's not very tough versus if you're doing something that's closer to your max, you're going to get a, a, a greater surge from doing something that's closer to your max. So a lot of this has to do with being honest with yourself and how, yeah. hard, how hard are you actually pushing in the gym? Are you getting close to a you know, max, max output? And yeah. if you're not, it's limiting the, the, the testosterone surge that you will subsequently experience. And you, you want, you got to be smart with training. You're always going to go in and do your max or whatever. But uh, the more you can do things like like heavier up to six reps, kind of deadlift squats, do those each twice a week and you, you're, you're good. Again, testosterone, a surge of testosterone is going to help you repair the tissue that you just broke down. So it'll help you burn, recruit more fat, which is a, one of the main things that testosterone does is, is high testosterone helps you burn more fat. Uh, and then it helps you repair tissue as well. So it'll help you build more muscle in the long run as well. But the main thing you want is to increase your, your testosterone levels when you're sitting on your ass doing nothing. Sure. You want yeah. Consistent to high testosterone levels. We already co- kind of covered that, but the body fat's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is, you mentioned stress management. I, I'd be curious what, what you do to manage your stress. And, but before that, this is more just a selfish question because I'm interested. Is there any research on masturbation and it, how that correlates with testosterone production? Sex gives you a boost of testosterone. I don't know. I don't know if they've done the studies on masturbation. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Like I'll look, I'll look into it and, and, and whatever, but yeah, I don't know. I think like, Overdoing it has can have negative effects. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, that's. I don't know. We we were. Uh, you know, I was talking a little bit with John Romanello about it, and he was he was bringing up some of the research on uh, on how guys that watch too much porn. It, yeah, it, so when you get into porn, yeah, porn's a different thing than masturbation. Yeah, porn's a. Uh, go ahead, sorry. Yeah. No, no. So what? What have you? You're right. It is. It is important to separate the two. Um, masturbation in the absence of porn is very different from masturbating to like really hardcore porn well well, the thing with porn is you probably touched on it with him and 
And Roman's awesome. He's an awesome guy. Like we've known each other for a long time. We have different, uh, I don't know, beliefs, ideologies, whatever. But so it's cool that both of us can see how destructive porn can be. You know, like, and this is coming to guys. Like, it's something where you have to. It's it's a a dopamine release. So you have to increase the like the the whatever the hell you're watching. You can't just watch two people go at it in missionary. Like that'll last for like a month or whatever. Then you got to increase the some weirder shit, some weirder shit, some weirder shit. It's just how it works with the brain. Next thing you know, there's next thing you know, there's bells, chains, whistles, yo-yos, a grandmother riding by on a tricycle. And it's the guy that's on all fours, not the girl. Yeah. What happened? Oh, it's just, yeah, no, it's, it's that, that whole industry. And, And it's, it's seen as something that like guys think it's good or whatever. They think that, Oh, it shows I'm like I'm I'm into sex and whatever. You know what? Your shows you're into sex is if you're actually having sex. Right. Sex is an important thing. Sex is great for hormones and 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 mood and whatever. But when you start doing the different things and porn changes your expectation of what you think a woman should look like, what a woman you should expect from a woman it does the same for women. It changes what they think they should be doing and and whatever. You know, it, it's. It's, I don't know. It's not the greatest thing. You want to watch it. Out of, out of curiosity, why is a dopamine release a bad thing? You, you know, you say that. I'm like, I'm like, well, we, we know, we know dopamine is associated with motivation and, and a number of health benefits. If you watch porn and you get a dopamine release, why is that not good? It's, it's, it's how, uh, it's how you're getting it or what gives it to you. Like if you're, it's like adrenaline junkies. You know, like you have to increase what you're doing to get that same rush. Yeah. Porn's the same way. You have to increase. It has nothing to do with the, the release. It's, it's what gives it to you. It's, it's, it's like you're saying it's like the negative effect of the um, tolerance that you build. Exactly. Yeah. So, so like the, yeah, dopamine's awesome. Like we get it from doing altruistic things, good things, whatever. But if you're getting it from something that, um, you need to, it needs, it needs to evolve for you to get that same feeling. Then you got to just have some self-awareness. What, what are some of the, the checkpoints where you like know that you're over training or a little bit off base with your nutrition or lifestyle? Yeah. Like over training. I'm not sure if you're taking care of everything else, you should be able to train as long as you, you, um, build up to that point, you should be able to train as hard as you want. But it's normally the other stuff that gets us. It's uh, you can drink a lot of coffee. I think it's 0.6 milligrams per body weight. I think per pound of body weight. I think it's something like that. So it ends up being like three or four cups a day, which is pretty solid, or four or five, depending on how big you are. Um, but it's it's normally the other things: a lack of sleep, um, stress, which um, stress is a funny one. I think stress is good. And I, like, I'll get lynched for that, but I think stress is imp- like, you need stress. If you're going to do anything with your life, if you're going to create something important, if you're going to work your ass off and do something, you need stress, you need pressure, but you just need to know how to use it. So if you're worrying, if you're doubting yourself, if you're looking at everyone else and blaming them and you know, like it's a mental thing, right? right. If you're uh, putting too much pressure on yourself, an, an unnecessary pressure, 
then I, I find myself, yeah, okay, I got to check myself, maybe go for a hike or, or clear my mind a bit. And, uh, and, and sleep is a big one as well. Sleep, coffee, stress, or unnecessary stress. Yeah. So is that, is, is, is going for a hike your uh, primary way of mitigating stress and keeping it in check? Yeah, that and reading. Like, uh, you read a good book. There's a book I'm reading now, The, the Thoughts of a Philosophical Fighter Pilot. So the guy, have you, have you read it? No. Oh, it <laughs> sounds <great>. cool, though. <laughs> he's one of the guys, um, you know John McCain, Senator John McCain? Yeah. So he was in Hanoi. He was he was captive for, I don't know how long John McCain was in there, but this this guy was uh, in there for eight years. Uh, so uh, prisoner of war, tortured, all this stuff. And so you look at how he deals with that pressure. And another one's man's search for meaning. You look at how someone can find meaning in a concentration camp. So there has to be ways that we can just, with our own minds, without having to go to the woods, without having to do all this stuff, figure out how to use the pressure in our lives rather than disregarding it because we need pressure. That's how we perform, perform under pressure. Um, so good books are the main thing. But then, yeah, I like getting out to the mountains and clearing my mind and you know, getting rid of all the noise that's in a, in, a, in a town or city or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like un, unplugging and getting outside is, is so therapeutic. And I think it's one of those one of those recommendations that like people almost take for granted. They're like, yeah, yeah, I know I should get out in nature. But they, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's sometimes hard in our modern lifestyle. Flow is another good book. Where, have you read Flow? I've, I have flow. I've read Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning, and, and one of my favorite movies is uh, Roberto Benigni's Life is Beautiful, which... Oh, well, that's a great one. It's great, isn't it? That's uh, awesome. Yeah, I, I, I feel like that's kind of loosely based on Viktor Frankl's Man's Search yeah. for Meaning. Interesting. I never thought of that. Um, that that's, well, just, that's just my, my own uh, observation. I don't know if there's any... Well, I think you're right. It. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. Um, Maybe you got... Uh, but... Flow, like, or uh, there's another book I read on, like, something about practicing. But if you, so I've started um, getting into different things outside of work that are their skills that I want to learn. Like what? So when you're like uh, clay shooting and, and archery and stuff like that, and uh, so and yeah, the gun stuff. But it's a skill that I didn't grow up with. I didn't grow up learning how to shoot or anything like that. So. But when you're focused on learning the skill, nothing else, time, stress, nothing, you don't focus on those things. You're focused on completely what's in front of you in the moment, and and those things help a lot. So if there's one thing that – one activity that someone can do – hiking is very similar because you're focused on – if you're hiking a tough path, you're focused on the five feet in front of you, not what's behind you, what happened during the day, stuff like that. The guy that cut you off on the way to the exactly. hiking trail. Yeah, you're not, you're not mad about stupid shit. Yeah. So if you focus on it, on if you can get uh, uh, something that you want to learn, piano, guitar, whatever, um, 20, 30 minutes of that a day, it, it would, would help a ton, I think. That, that's, that's pretty awesome. Do you own a gun? I do, a couple, yeah. What What's what's your favorite of the ones you own? Uh, I did a simple shotgun. It's a Remington 870 pump action. Oh, Just simple, like non, non-expensive shotgun. Yeah. I, I've got a, uh, a Smith and Wesson air light. It's like a 357 Magnum revolver. Jeez. Oh, uh, yeah. See, Canada, we have the stupidest gun laws. We can't, we can't carry anything. Basically we can't carry handguns. We can carry, if we're like out in certain areas and carry uh non-restricted, they call them. So like rifles, shotguns and stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, handguns, it's so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it's in the woods. I, I got grizzly bears 45 minutes from me, and you can't carry a 357. You can't carry whatever. you got to carry a big, long gun. Have you ran into any grizzly bears? No. I've seen them, like, driving, like, side of the road kind of thing, but hiking, no. Gosh, what, no. Do you know what you're supposed to do if you see a grizzly bear? Yeah. Like, you got the best thing, right? You just pull out a gun and shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> like, if those things are monsters. Yeah. Some, they say, like, you're not supposed to walk with a dog because dogs attract them, but then what the hell's the point of going into the mountains if you're not letting your dog run around? Yeah. Some people say they make a lot of noise, try to scare it off. Others say quietly walk back and, and don't make eye contact. The whole play dead thing, I don't know if that's a real thing or not. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, what, where does sleep fit into all this? Important. Like, insanely important. You can't uh, uh, degrade the importance of sleep. And uh, I think a lot of people... Um, they think it just, it's just, uh, about the duration, but it's also about the quality. And, and in my experience, uh, quality sleep completely depends on routine. If you program your body to fall asleep at a certain time and wake up at a certain time, you're going to have so much more energy. And if you keep the same sleep routine, you don't need a alarm. No matter what time you wake up, you wake up naturally, which is, I think it's better than waking up to an alarm. Uh, but it's, if that routine takes a long time to, to settle in. What, so, what's your routine? Well, I've gotten off it recently. You got it, takes, off it. <laughs> it takes one night of having the pals over watching a, a fight to, to ruin the sleep routine. But Were you, were you watching uh, the John Jones UFC event? On Saturday? I was, but they, there was a Gennady Golovkin uh, boxing fight on, boxing match on Is as well. Is he still undefeated? Oh, man, that guy's wicked. Yeah. Oh, uh, He has to fight Canelo. Like, I uh, love watching him fight. But we were watching both those back and forth. Yeah. Uh, normally my routines and it's it, summertime, it's, it's light out at like nine 30. So it kind of screws everything up, but normally I'm in bed around nine up around four 30. And you wake up naturally around four 30. Yeah. Usually now it's like, I got to rework myself 15 minutes earlier every few days. Mm-hmm. So it's like five fifteen for three days and then five and then four forty five and then four 30. And your body naturally does that. Takes a while, yeah. It takes when you get up, you'll find you can test yourself. Like you'll just naturally get up at like four fifteen sometimes, four twenty, four thirty-two. You don't need an alarm after a while, and it's I think it's a way better way to wake up. You have way more energy, but then your body's going to naturally start to get tired around the time that you should be going to bed. That that's something that I'm going to need to play around with because a lot of Andrew Raposo just mentioned the same thing that he's like. One of the one of the greatest uh, benefits once he started hitting multiple seven figures was that he had to, he he stopped using an alarm clock and he's like yeah. it's it's a game changer. Yeah, no, it is. I think so too. I I use it to get to that point because I hate wake I hate sleeping in. I feel like the half the day is done. Yeah, so I use it to get to that point. But once you're at that point where you're waking up at four thirty a few days in a row or a week in a row, you just do away with it. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 that's, that's great advice. Um, I want to be respectful of your time too. What anything we've overlooked that are some of those big picture um, most important tasks for elevating and optimizing testosterone? Yeah, we didn't really touch base on we touched base on injections a little bit. And oh cream. yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. So all that they do is give your body they take your your so you want to 
help basically you help your balls create testosterone. That's what you want to do. You want to free up your body's ability to create testosterone by lowering estrogen, lowering cortisol, and giving your body the nutrients and like the, the muscle, whatever you need to produce testosterone. But if you bring in a synthetic form of the hormone, which a lot of doctors will prescribe, you are taking that uh, ability away. So you're then creating a dependence on a synthetic. And who wants to spend the rest of your life depending on something that isn't natural? It's, it's, that's, I don't think testosterone injections or a cream should ever be used. Sometimes things to, if you've got an unusual glandular problem where you're producing way too much cortisol or estrogen or whatever, you can sometimes when there's like a biological thing going on, you can cut those down with a certain uh, medication or whatever. But it's rare that you need injections and creams. It's just like like you mentioned, genetics may play a role, but people use that as a fallback. Oh, I've got low T, so it must be my genetics. I need injections. Very unlikely. It's more likely that you are doing things in your life that are lowering your testosterone levels. And if you like figure those things out, then it may take a bit of time, but you can eventually create the testosterone levels that you should be creating. Do you think you will ever use, it, let's say it's bioidentical testosterone or bioidentical uh, human growth hormone, do you ever see yourself at any point in your life possibly using those? No. No? I don't have anything against, I don't, growth hormone I think is different than, uh, than testosterone. I think you should, you're, like for your health, like, you should be producing testosterone levels. Growth hormone, I haven't done a ton of research into it, but it's healthy, like it's a... By taking growth hormones, the only way to I think, repair cartilage and stuff, if I'm correct there. But I'm not, I don't think I'll ever take anything like that. Uh, you, if you're living the, the right lifestyle, if you're training and pushing your body and pushing your mind, uh, I think you're going to be fine. Yeah, it seems like the main risk with like uh, HGH, the human growth hormone, is is if you have cancer and you don't know it, then it, it can really accelerate Bro, the replication yeah. of, of yeah, your cancer geez. cells. Yeah. Um, so that's a little bit of rolling the dice because you don't want you don't want those two things to overlap. Yeah, that's um, not a that's not a risk you want to roll the dice on there. So. Yeah, yeah, oh. absolutely. And and I'm in the same boat as you in terms of I think you want to even if even if you're someone that thinks you do want to use bioidentical hormone replacement therapy at some point, maximize your boys first and and take care of some of the things that that you've recommended here in terms of yeah. you know how to how to optimize it get as much as you can uh naturally before you even talk to a doctor ab about that if that's if that's the route that you want to go um i I've had a, I had a guy that was like he's a, he's a really successful trader and he came and he's like he's like he's like i think i need hormone replacement therapy and i was like well why you know why do you think that he's like i've got all these signs and symptoms of low testosterone and uh, we started talking a little bit, and he was, you know, he's sleeping four hours a night, and um, he's, you know, he's going to bed at midnight. He's waking up at four a.m. and trading. I'm like, I'm like, you know, that right there. I mean, your your test is going to be fifty to sixty percent lower than a guy that's sleeping eight hours and yeah. and getting enough. And like, if you start, if you jump right to injections before you've corrected that, it's like, it, it's, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. That's a good point. Like, if you look at everyone's uh, lifestyle story, whatever. There's usually one main thing that you have to fix that will yield the by far the, the greatest results. It's usually one thing. Yeah. It's not like you don't go into it looking at all these different things you can do. You look at one thing that'll make the, the biggest difference. Typically, it's sleep or body fat. I agree. Uh, 
or stress, um, using stress the wrong way. If you get rid of that one thing, then you're going to make a huge difference, and then you can worry about the other little things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Tell, tell us a little bit about the, the man diet. So the man diet, so what happened, uh, I got those less than stellar tests back. So I started looking into different things, and, and my whole life I've been told that dietary fats are bad. You know, the whole uh, low-fat fad, I grew up with that. The, the food pyramid the, the, is the lipid hypothesis. Down. Oh gosh, <laughs> the, the food pyramid is completely upside down, like all that stuff. So I started researching about dietary fats, um, and looking at different effects of testosterone, what it does. I was also told that testosterone makes you angry and, and all this stuff, but actually, it's it's a contributor to or high testosterone is a contributor to a less likelihood of depression. So they're finding out different things about what testosterone does. It's very healthy. There's a reason why men need it. And the man diet is more than just a diet. It, it uh, takes in consideration that guys don't want to eat like pigeons. We don't want to like pick at this, pick at that, eat salads and rice cakes or whatever. Like we need food. And there's a reason why we need food because it's good for us. Like it, it shows you how to block your meals in a way that uh, – Allows you to eat the foods you like, carbs included, uh, if you earn them. So they're usually post-workout. Um, and get your dietary fats in, and then we go through a huge list of different things you can remove from your life and different techniques for lowering stress and everything. There's a lot of confusion around carbs. And do they play a role in testosterone production? And, and, and if so, what is that role? Yeah, like the main. I guess the main thing would be – uh, the way I look at carbs is you use them. So you use them post-workout along with protein to lower cortisol. So the cortisol levels that spike during a good intense training session, that's where you use carbs is, is to stop that. Like you spike your insulin, stop the cortisol spike, and, and that helps your body start the recovery process during training. Uh, that makes sense. So, so better recovery, accelerated recovery and repair and it's just like, yeah, protein has the same similar effect. It spikes insulin. BCAAs do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. You use them just like you use the carbs. Yeah. Last question. What supplements are you currently taking? I am taking – I don't take a ton. I'm taking creatine. I, uh, I do as well. Yeah, it's just it's a, like the most studied, proven – uh, muscle building, strength improving supplement there is pretty much. I, I just feel better on it. Yeah, it's 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 a great. It's not like it's not. Even, it's just. Are you taking creatine? You know, like um, people talk. It's it's just a whatever. It's just a nutrient. You know, like. Um, but I'm also I. What, I what type a, of what type of creatine? Uh, Blue Star Nutraceuticals. Okay. They're, it's a good company. You buy the stuff online and gets delivered to you. And then uh, green supplement, Athletic Greens is. Something I, I have just, uh, you know, like tough to get all the vegetables and, and the variety of vegetables you want in your diet. So I use a green supplement for sure daily, twice a day. It says take once, but I, I go twice. Very cool. Very cool. Protein as well, obviously, for a post-workout shake, but that's whatever. What, what type of protein do you do? Whey or veggie or? It's a three. Um, so it's, it's, it's whey isolate, whey and, and cassie. And that's for like a, a mix of the different releases. Yeah, the releases. You get the quick, you get the medium, and you get the, the slower release. All right, nice, nice. Um, no, that's awesome. 
Well, Chad, this is this has been fun. I really appreciate you being so generous with your time. I, uh, I, I obviously ran a little bit longer than than anticipated, but I was I was having fun uh, chatting with you and picking your brain. For people that want more information on what you're up to and uh, the Man Diet, where where can they go to stay up to date with with your teachings and your programs? Just Google Chad House, C H A D H O W S E. Everything will be on there. I've got the Chad House Fitness site. Just started a new site called Average to Alpha that we're doing a little longer more in-depth articles. I like that name. Started a pod, started a, yeah, it's a good name. Just, you know, self-improvement for guys, basically. Yeah. Started a podcast as well that you'll see on that site, but there's a lot on chathousefitness.com and you'll find pretty much everything when you just Google my name. Very cool. Well, uh, chathousefitness.com, Man Diet. Uh, I'm excited. Can't wait to check out the, the Man Diet. And we, like we have similar interests in terms of keeping it simple, but, yeah. uh, but, still, but still delicious. Chad, I, I thank you. I appreciate your time. I've had, I've had fun. It's been a pleasure talking with you. No problem at all, man. This episode is brought to you by the Kangen SD501 Platinum Water Machine. The Kangen Water Machine produces ionized, alkaline, and acidic waters through a process called electrolysis. And these waters can be used for various purposes, including drinking, cooking, beauty, cleaning, and improving your health and optimizing your energy and focus. Kangen machines are utilized by everyone from Bill Gates to Barack Obama, Demi Moore, Brad Pitt, Beyonce, Tiger Woods, Oprah Winfrey, Angelina Jolie, Julia Roberts, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lopez, Donald Trump, Madonna, Jack Nicholson, Robert Downey Jr. The list goes on and on. And it's one of the secrets to many people's success and energy and overcoming some of the chronic degenerative conditions we face today. I've heard stories of people getting off of dozens of prescription medications simply by drinking this Kangen alkaline water. And the results that I've experienced from my Kangen SD501 Platinum have been profound. We all know that we're supposed to drink more water, right? But the problem is that most of the time when people start to implement that advice, they're drinking the wrong types of water. And this can actually do more harm than good. For example, over 315 different chemicals have been identified in American tap water. And if you're taking the next step and you're trying to perhaps make a wiser decision by drinking bottled water instead, well... The minimum required standard for bottled water is that it just has to be as good as tap water. So you may still be exposed to all of those same chemicals, not to mention the fact that bottled water is photodegradable, meaning if it comes in these plastic water bottles and is exposed to sunlight, which is almost an inevitability, that plastic is going to start breaking down. And even if it's BPA-free plastic, you're still going to be exposed to a number of different plastic-based chemicals that provide unwanted health consequences. So it's very important to intelligently choose the source of our water, and that's one of the reasons that I use the Kangen SD501 Platinum. In a recent interview, Barack Obama's cardiologist, Gerald Bresnahan, who was also cardiologist to President Reagan, Clinton, Bush, the Queen of England, and the Pope, said the following, quote, we have understood the importance of alkalizing diets for decades, but we've been unsuccessful in getting our patients to eat a perfectly alkaline diet because we cannot eat enough alkaline foods to keep our body alkaline. To have something that changes the pH of the body from acid to alkaline based on something we are already doing, that is drinking water, we can get people alkaline very easily. Hundreds of thousands of our patients have seen remarkable results from drinking Kangen medical grade drinking water. 
We are doing our part to bring this technology to the medical community in the United States because Kangen water is already a medical device in Japan. This is going to be a great thing for everyone and will change the lives of millions of people. And once again, that's Dr. Gerald Bresnahan, cardiologist to the president's. When my clients come in for weekend intensives, I help them hyperhydrate using Kangen 9.5 pH water, and many of them feel an, a benefit almost immediately. It is a bit pricey, but I promise you there is no better investment you can make in your health than ensuring the quality of water you drink is of the highest standard and is effectively going to be able to transport across cellular membranes. So, if you're interested in checking out and learning more about the Kangen water machine, I encourage you to go to www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash Kangen. That's biohackingsecrets.com forward slash K-A-N-G-E-N to learn more about SD501 Platinum and the benefits it can provide to you and your family. Today's episode is brought to you by the New Calm. The New Calm is a clinical system designed to help your mind and body relax naturally within minutes. Designed by neuroscientist Dr. Blake Holloway as a way to treat patients with post-traumatic stress disorder, New Calm works by using biochemistry, physics, and neurophysiology to rapidly and reliably relax brain and body functions. So there are no side effects and there is no recuperative time or supervision needed. The entire system is based around four key components that work in synergy to bring you into a deep state of calm. It only takes a few minutes to administer these steps and you'll begin to feel relaxed almost immediately. Step one involves topical cream or chews that are neuromodulators and help to increase levels of relaxing, calming neurotransmitters in the body. Step number two are microcurrent stimulation patches, which are placed behind the ear and have been shown to help facilitate the relaxation response and increase uptake of the cream and supplements by the frontal cortex. Step three are headphones. These are noise-softening headphones playing relaxing music that can help bring your brain wave pace to pre-sleep stages. It utilizes frequency-following response or audio entrainment. Many of you may be familiar with binaural beats, all similar technologies, but this is next-level stuff. And step number four is the eye mask, a light-blocking eye mask that helps the patient or the end user to avoid visual stimulation and maintain their relaxed state. I've used the new comb for months and had incredible results. Patients have come to me experiencing panic disorders, anxiety attacks, and everything in between, and we're able to bring them back to a calm, relaxed, focused state almost instantly. It's pretty miraculous and impressive technology. So if you're interested, I highly recommend checking out the New Calm. You can go to newcalm.com. That's N-U-C-A-L-M.com to learn more.